1: Is your time?
2: We're in this
0: game. An impossible goal.
1: These guys are good. Scary, good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lee Buff. Joining me for this episode are my co-hosts, Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, together, we're going to handicap a deep slate for uh, Thursday, February the 15th. We are recording this on Wednesday afternoon, February 14th. So uh, just keep that in mind because uh, there are a couple teams that will be playing on the second half of a back-to-back that we just haven't seen yet um, when we're breaking it down. But uh, with slate like these, we like to... Start off with our favorite underdogs. And, Nick, uh, you're going to zero in on a red-hot team that was ice cold, and now they're red-hot, and everybody gave up on them, and now everybody's back in on them. And, man, the Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers, they're plus 145 in Toronto. The Leafs are minus 175 with a 6.5 total. The Flyers are such a good like betting education team, I think. Like, if you were to teach a course on how to like bet on hockey and the swings and the, the pendulum nature of an NHL season, I think the flyers are such a good, um, you know, case to, to use about how you should just remember that when everyone's getting too high on a team or getting too low on a team, that's those are usually signals here. Um, and we're not at the point, I mean, they're plus 145 in Toronto and gets a pretty uh, banged up lease team. We're not at the point yet that this team, uh, that it's time to sell back in on the Flyers.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, if anything, I was kind of writing them off, but this number just looks a little too long. The camera really of the break looking like the team they were earlier in the season in terms of really well rounded play and actually owning a lot more of it. So it feels like that break came at a really good time. Um, I think plus 145 is too long a number. I would play down to plus 130. And that's coming from someone like you guys know. I think I was kind of the only one defending the Leafs ahead of that Blues game. I think the Leafs have legitimately been playing pretty good, and I still can't see this number the way that Philly's been competing. And then you talk about the possibility. I don't know if we'll actually see Marner and Tavares miss another game. Who knows how bad their illness is. That's kind of speculative. But even without that, I think you're getting the right price here. There's still some volatility with Samsonov. Like, I just... Look at this. You know you're going to get the best game out of Philly. Everyone always seems to bring their best game into Toronto, and they want to win there and stick it to them. Um, the number looks too too long to me. I think the Flyers have the avenues to make this uh, a lot more competitive. So if they get a decent goaltending start themselves, I just think it's the right price to get on it. And yeah, we know Riley's going to be out. And to look at the Leafs' uh, perspective on this, I think first off, we always see these teams handle losses well in the short term. We see that a lot where it's one night they can get up for it. The other teams hasn't seen what they're going to do differently and so on. Players can handle a bit, uh, bigger role in one-off sometimes, but that doesn't mean a lot. And then the other thing is, I just, if if you are going to end, end up without Nylander or, or Marner or Tavares or any of these guys, then you're getting a great number. So that's always a pro. Um, it doesn't sound like there'll probably be word on that, you know, before even this podcast drops. So keep that in mind. But it feels like kind of a win-win for me because I'm like, okay, fine. If you're gonna give me like plus one thirty anyways, sweet. And then if you end up with like a bunch of those guys sitting, then you're thrilled with your ticket. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at this one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a free roll, Nick.
1: Yeah, it feels good to to get back in on the flyers as dogs. Like they were what laying minus one sixty or I can't even remember the price that they played on Monday. Uh, against the Coyotes, but this is a team that you want to have circled uh, anytime that they're a pooch. And uh, the other thing to remember with the Leafs is like we've now heard Marner, Tavares, Connor Timmons has mono. Um, Nylander, uh, was the name today. Uh, doesn't sound like this is you know these these bugs just kind of like ravage rooms. So it's, it could even be more. Um, by the time that puck drops, so I, I like the Flyers here as well. Tim, any thoughts on? Dilly and Toronto. Yeah, they
2: would they would be um, my favorite underdog as well. Even though my my pick, you know, for the three of us will be different. Um, they're I think they're the best dog on the board for sure for everything, every reason Nick said. I'll I'll, I'll add to the conversation the fact that remember we had a. Uh, you know Toronto pegged to lay an egg when they were sick, you know, a couple months ago. They were like had just got back from a long road trip. They were kind of had some injuries. They rumor was they were all sick, and then they had a tremendous performance. They completely roasted the occasion. So um I guess you know that that's something to keep in mind. Uh, what, what, what's going on there? They had all the nicest amenities in the league, and they can't, you know air out the bus or the room or the plane the right way. Like figure it out, MLSC. What's going on yeah. over there?
0: And I mean, the one thing I'll slide into, and again, you know, you don't want to handicap too much off one game, but if you're just going to credit the way things went for the Leafs in that matchup, I think the Blues, and we've been saying it, like, I think they're the most overrated team in the league, maybe right now, at least based off some of what I heard people saying about that team entering that game and like, sorry to pick on the Blues here, but, and then the other thing is they're missing Falk and Prunovich, so that's 2D that are... I mean, not great, but you look at what's left with them out of the picture. I think the Blues are just a pretty overrated team heading into that spot. And I think that was part of Toronto being able to kind of manage the losses. So hopefully, you know, things go differently when they when they face the Flyers here.
2: I'm also, Lee Buff, sorry, I'm also on the under here. Um, I like under six and a half, if you can get it. Um, you know, Nick and I, we had that short conversation about Riley being out and what the impact was on... Um, you know, the, the total for that St. Louis game, you've, you've been saying it. The Leafs play better defensively than a lot of people want to give them credit for. I think they played really, you know, good team defense in terms of just making sure that nothing was a, a too clean of a look. So if they play that way again against Philly, who's already low event, who's already one of the best teams at not allowing high danger chances, I can see this thing being a, a bit of a slog. So I like under six and a half if you can get it.
1: Yeah, I think that that's probably the environment the Flyers want to play into, right? Like they just, they want the, the other team to shake hands at them and say, let's both play well-structured defensive games and see who, let may the better structured team win. Uh, all right, I like the Sharks as my favorite underdog. They're playing Wednesday night against the Jets. Uh, so this is the second half of a back-to-back. I don't really have too many concerns about that because <laughs> they have been off for two weeks and I don't think that there's a really considerable or actionable difference between their two goalkeepers. Um, they're three to one in Calgary against the Flames. People are coming around on the Flames and thinking, oh, look at this team uh, fighting through the the trades and all the rumors. And they deserve full marks for their little East Coast jaunt. But uh, they are also not good enough to be minus 380 against uh, an NHL team. We know the margins are always pretty thin with this Flames team and i also wouldn't be surprised if jacob Markstrom gets a breather we just talked about the other night that uh he's he's a pretty good Vezina shout right now at uh 35 to 1 and part of that is that the flames if, or if he gets traded whoever uh, he, whatever team he's on they're going to ride him uh down the stretch uh but i think this would be a good opportunity coming back from a long road trip uh to to give him a a blow here against a, a sharks team that shouldn't shake it to your core. So I'll take the Sharks here, Nick.
0: I agree. I think it's definitely a potential Vladar start, or I shouldn't even say Vladar, yeah. Wolf, uh, because Wolf, Vladar yeah. is injured, um, which is noteworthy. And uh, yeah, to me, the number does look too long. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see San Jose make this a little more competitive. And I, yeah, I, I think the one kind of thing I'd throw out there too is like, if you disagree, I'm not sure there's much world where the price gets worse on the Flames. I actually feel like they are probably a little overvalued here and then yeah if you bet early you're stuck with it if uh the line moves the other way and markstrom doesn't play so that's kind of the one thing i'd put out there too is if you do disagree i think probably a decent spot to just wait and see how it goes for uh calgary
2: um yeah i think Leboff. if you said the back-to-back i think the second half of the back-to-back is probably the better version of the sharks because it might take a full three periods to get their legs under them from you know not playing for you know, seems like uh three months now. So yeah, I like where your head's at there. I think, you know, we can we can all I think agree that like we kind of want to buy on the flames with a lot of people writing them off. And then it's almost like it got a little too inflated. Maybe we were part of uh part of that like flames love of not so fast. So um I'm happy to to go a little contrary and uh zigzag there and, and be on the sharks as well for our guy Javier.
1: Yep. We're all on we're on the Javier Jose bandwagon on a Thursday night and Tim uh your underdog is a another Western Canadian matchup this time it's the Wings and Canucks Detroit plus 150 Vancouver minus 180 at the time of recording and a, a six and a half total these two teams just played each other the other night and one of the wet Red Wings was dancing
2: yeah um yeah so I'm, I'm going Red Wings here I mean uh real tough showing against Edmonton <laughs> the other night but um I, I just think I'm trying to um I'm trying to fade uh, Vancouver just a little bit here. I think it's just – they're just a little overvalued or overpriced in a sense. And it's funny, the the Canucks, Demko, they leave a lot on Demko's plate. You know, they, they do allow um, some high danger chances. And I think that Detroit's a team that's, you know, at the very least been opportunistic about putting the puck in the net. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they capitalize on a few more of those. And, you know, I could see this thing being um, – know highly scoring and kind of a high variance game so i think taking a dog in this situation is um you know a, a good little spot here not not for i don't you know absolutely love it pound it but you know a little half unit
0: yeah i thought detroit was actually really, really good through two periods versus edmonton too yeah and then i know the third just completely fell apart it was like and... the first
1: two minutes of the third too it wasn't even like they, they just didn't come out of the locker room in time it was weird they thought it was two yeah. halves
0: yeah and i can't i don't think the wings can and defend i i really don't um that's kind of my one flaw with them is that i just feel like they can get exposed on that but i do like if you look at the way these teams just played i think that would make the case that if the wings can bring that kind of effort um that does make them the right betting side here so yeah not in disagreement here and i also i think the over will be a popular play and i don't disagree with that at all i think six and a half minus 130 is fine um if anything- i think it closed
2: to seven for sure right
0: Yeah, and and like I've been saying, I think Detroit um, is going to continue to kind of have their offensive play look pretty strong, but their defensive play is where I see them kind of falling apart and getting exposed more and more as maybe Lyon uh, comes back down to earth. And I mean, it's the Oilers, but that eight spot (laughs) certainly helps make that case.
1: Okay. Uh, so that's the the Wings, the Sharks, and the Flyers is our favorite underdogs for Thursday night. Let's take a look uh, at the big board. Uh, the good news for us, for me personally, for the, the listeners who don't have to listen to us talk ourselves into it. The New York Islanders aren't playing again till Sunday, so you don't hear us talk about them being a, a good bet, um, which is always good. But let's start with the uh, Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers. The Habs are plus 220, Rangers minus 270. And uh total of six here. This game will take place at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Uh I think, you know, we're we're pretty we've been pretty hard on on Montreal. Uh Nick, you especially. Um, but they're plus two twenty here against a team that I think is getting a little bit too much credit for a five game winning streak that uh there've been a couple of decent performances. The the win against uh Calgary was a good, you know. Defensive effort, Shosturkin was good. Uh, the win against Chicago was not impressive at all. And then the win against Tampa, I think, you know, it was, was decent too, but the, the Lightning lost, a like, a shock injury in the middle of that game. So I think there's, and stop me if you've heard this before, like, I think a couple things have, have tilted in the right direction for the Rangers in uh, terms of fortune. So I think that this number looks a, like it has a little bit of air in it. I don't hate a shot on Montreal, but... Um, Yeah, I think I'll end up betting Montreal here, Nick.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely leaning with the halves or pass. They embarrassed me the other night. Um, But, you know, I think a good point with a lot of our picks for that night, because uh, I don't know how you guys did, but I finished up okay, is that, you know, an embarrassing loss only counts for one loss. So (laughs) I think that is kind of an important point because some of those sides were a joke. I know we're about to get into the Kings as well. Um, But I think that Montreal has the avenues to be competitive here. I'd expect a Montembeau game. So... I agree. And then the other prop, I think I'll go back to Slavkowski over two and a half, assuming the number doesn't move too much now that they're playing a tougher opponent. So I would go to plus 130 with that. I think that's a decent look. We'll see how much it moves because he did hit it again the other night. That also was priced at home versus one of the league's best matchups though. Um, and now we're talking about, you know, a less, not a horrible matchup. I don't mind it. Like I think the game script should work in their favor a little, little more. And then the other one, I kind of like is Caulfield to score. Um, Just the way their power play is going. I really think everyone's moving the puck really well. It didn't quite open up for him versus Anaheim, but uh, the the Rangers, again, better penalty kill, but I still think the chances will be there. He was all over it. I feel like eventually it's got to fall to him. So, yeah, I think if you wanted to target Montreal's uh, top line staying really hot, I don't mind that at all. They really look like they're playing quite well. I don't view the Rangers as like a horrible matchup, so... Yeah, leaning with the Habs, Slavkovsky, Caulfield, whatever you want to do on that front is uh something I can get behind.
2: Slavkovsky on fire. This guy, he's been sick. Um, there I think that my, you know, plan and leaning Habs here is, you know, there's no reason that game can't look exactly like New York and Calgary. And at that case, plus two twenty, more than happy, right? Um, I will say the Rangers have been a bit stale in the power play as of late. Um and Montreal is a bottom three kill in the league. So that that could be um what we read in the box score the next day is that New York makes them pay on the power play, unfortunately. But that's why it's a plus tw- 220 dog. Um yeah, I, I think for all the reasons you guys said it's 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 worth a little play here. The the Habs can be feisty and the Rangers aren't a great um I don't know. Don't as a heavy favorite, would you say, Leboff? Probably they just
1: Yeah, they, no, I think so. I think it's a good way to put it. They just, because they rely so much on their uh, special teams and game breakers, like if you, you could, like the Habs could easily play them decently at five on five. So, right. Um, Yeah. And
0: the one thing too, I kind of throw out, I'll probably be watching if Zabinajad is plus 135 to get over two and a half shots again. Grant, I admittedly, I've been losing on this like an idiot this year. I just can't see how he is trending so low on shots. I know they don't own much of the play because of, because he's playing worse, and Blake Wheeler on the line is just not working. But this is a good matchup to help hide that. And then on the power play, um, I just feel like it seems so bizarre to not try to find him for more looks. And you've got some good passers out there. He's still got such a good shot from the other side. I feel like you look at comparable guys. They are always just trending so much higher in terms of shots on goal. Um, Guys who just set up on that left hash. So I might end up kind of getting sucked into that as well because I just feel like the numbers are getting too long and at some point he's got to start trending a little higher in terms of shots on goal and the other thing that I'll throw out if we're going to kind of talk about their power play is it, I th- it looks like they're still doing this kind of split two units thing and I know that kind of works against what I just said I, I have no idea why coaches do this to me I think it's just Really, really not smart coaching at all. Like NHL players can play a minute and 30 on the power play and not get gassed. And I don't know if it's something you're trying to see what works and maybe motivate one of the units to get going and earn the time, but I think you just compile your top unit and play it is my that's my take at least. Maybe I've watched too many of Etchkin shifts where he sits there for all two minutes, but I think if you have a good power play going, they can handle a little more ice than uh, splitting it down the middle.
1: Maybe Nick, is come a, watch a, my they,
2: high school team. They they're <laughs> on the ice for the entire two minutes in the
1: final Let me endorse that. Don't have, don't ever change. My theory is that Peter Labiolette thinks he's being cheeky. Let's let's keep uh keep the tape down like college football teams. We we always assume like mm. oh they're not going to show any of their special plays in this game. They'll wait to use them in the next game. Kraken, Bruins, seems like a barn burner here. The Kraken are plus one sixty four. Boston minus one ninety eight. A total of five and a half Uh, for this one. The Bruins coming off of a uh, loss to the Lightning in a in a shootout in their last time out. They're now only four points ahead of the Panthers with uh, the Panthers making up their game in hand on Wednesday night. So it could be a two point deficit by the time uh, this puck drops and both teams are in action on. Ah, uh, Thursday night. Both teams are favored, so this this race is getting pretty heated. Nick talked about the Panthers being a good look at, uh, plus seven fifty to win the Presidents Trophy. Um, but let's talk about the Bruins for a second. I just think it's more of the same. I just think that this is such a, you know, set it and forget it team. Like I, I've got no betting interest in this game at all. I think it's going to be played out. I I feel we talk so much uh, like about a game. Uh, if I could pick one out on this schedule, like the Blues and Oilers game could go, I think, in a million different directions because you got high powered team, another team that's clinical. You can see this game, that game going. The, the the range of outcomes are almost infinite, whereas this one, I can see this game script going like three different directions and uh, <laughs> none of them seem appealing to me for betting purposes, Tim.
2: Yeah, I think you're bang on. It's uh, It's pretty much a pass, I would imagine, for all of us. The the Bruins have kind of been fighting it a little bit as of late, but do you just trust them to like not get, you know, overpowered by a team like Seattle and just come out of there two nothing, three-one, whatever it is, and, and move on. But at the same time, like you don't wanna you, you alluded to like only three real outcomes you see that would make you kind of think under, but at five and a half, I don't really want to leave the door open for you know empty net type shenanigans you know three goals in the last three minutes with Boston being up one nothing something like that so um I totally I totally get what you're saying here I, the Bruins kind of need to find their fastball again here which maybe they maybe their fastball is just really good goaltending so I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah I I was kind of thinking alongside you Tim. I thought we might see the odd six pop out for this game and mm. uh, no I'm just not as smart as I thought because they every book knows and set five and a half and I'm kinda of in the same boat. I feel like we'll see like a pretty tightly contested affair. Maybe at one point Seattle kinda of looks like they're in it. I could see something like the Bruins just pulling away late, like four two. I just Yeah. Yeah. Also not
2: really just wires wires one, Maybe wires a, one down the wing.
1: An exact score line of like one nil Bruins. Mm-hmm. Uh Kings <laughs> we'll have to talk about the Kings. Stop. Uh they're plus one ten in New Jersey. The Devils minus one thirty, total six and a half New Jersey. Has won uh, a couple on the spin here. They looked really good against Nashville on the road on the second half of a back to back on uh, Tuesday night. We're full credit for that win. I thought Timo Meyer was full credit to score as well, which is crazy to say considering uh, how 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 he's looked. And if he finds any form of his like any sort of level, like this team starts to look pretty interesting. They're only six points back of the Flyers in that uh, for that three spot. Flyers have played two more games. Uh, The Devils were written off about five days ago. We're now back into the mode of saying, "Here, we said it right before we started recording." Oh, they could be the team nobody wants to uh, play in the playoffs. I still don't trust them enough to bet this number against a Kings team that just lost seven nothing to Buffalo. And you'd assume, like as as if they're you know during that long whatever. 32 game losing streak they had um, You just assumed That their effort was going to get better Like oh they can't possibly Just come out and lay another egg but I guess the, the Devils could just make you look like you're Laying an egg with their speed when you're not even Doing it right so I I would be closer to betting The Devils here Nick but there's still too Many kind of Weird things with with the way New Jersey's Blue line sets up and their goal tending to, uh, to Lay this number against a team that Should be good yeah, there's
0: the Devils looked so good versus Nashville. They looked a lot like that team we saw more of last season, where they're playing so well off the puck and the offense some of the offensive zone sequences were so good. Namich looks unreal. This like they're look, look like a complete wagon. Jack Hughes is playing like at a ridiculous level. Completely it, it makes me frustrated because if he didn't get injured, I wonder if you know if maybe our MVP tickets would have had a chance. Um so I think the case for the Devils is strong. I would be closer on them. Um, But yeah, with this kind of, you know, with their goaltending volatility and I don't know, I I would still lean towards passing, but I can definitely hear you out on the devils and the Kings. Like, what is there? even I feel like there's nothing to even talk about since the last time we tried to say bet them because they completely no showed. And I thought it was one of the most surprising spots to just completely no show a game of the year, right? Like you, you win your first game under new coach really handily at home. Uh, versus Edmonton, I don't feel like, as much as we don't want to rate one game, it, it just feels, it felt so bizarre to see them just completely no-show. And, you know, credit to the Sabres, who played well. But, I just, <laughs> for me, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know how you touch this team right now. And then the other thing going forward, like, we keep getting sucked in because I think the roster looks really good. But the goaltending situation is really scary for the Kings right now. Like, what can you bank on? Your talbot has got to find it, or riddick like that's at this point instills no faith in me whatsoever so um i don't think the kings should be anywhere near as bad as they've been but uh i don't think we can you know honestly bet on them turning it around anymore
2: yeah i mean everything about betting you know if we just didn't have previous sample a previous sample to like you know taint our view of the Kings, it would be leaning on the Kings here. Right. Like, but we just can't get it out of our head how often they've disappointed. And I'm at the point where I think like there has to be something legitimately wrong here, like in this, in the room, like something, maybe it's again, maybe it's Dubois. Maybe that's just media, like red meat, but like something has to be legitimately wrong with this team or in this room. I don't know how you lose seven, nothing to friggin' Buffalo that it's, Kopitar was dash six. And you got, you know, Dowdy, when he said the, you know, we got guys here that think it's point night and other guys here that want to work or whatever. Well, Kopitar is one of those vets. How, how, how do you, how are you dash six against Buffalo? It's well, it something help. legitimately wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. And it doesn't help that you get zero saves. Yeah. Not that they generate. They don't deserve them. them. They don't I was going to say, they didn't generate enough don't to deserve save. Them. It it deserve, matters, they do but...
2: deserve saves. Like that uh, Oilers team deserved a save in the beginning. Yeah. Of the year. This team doesn't deserve a save.
0: The one kind of interesting note I thought about that Devils Preds game too was uh there was so many posts, and I actually, when the Devils were losing, got a uh random DM on Twitter. So shout out if you're that guy about how the, the Devils were like one, seven, and one on back to backs this year. And I think it's a good note about why you just Should at least consider like the value of a trend and like try to analyze why it's happened because then I looked into it. A lot of those games they'd played really well, and all the recent ones they played the Oilers, Boston, Canucks, and Stars. And some of those games they were significantly more beat up than they are currently. So I just think at times you do want to try to consider. And like, granted, that one sounds like a more logical trend, right? Like, they're losing back to backs. I get it, it's not the same as being like this team's lost 10 straight in this arena, even though all the coaches are different and the players are different and so on. I think that means something. But I think my point is just, you know, if you're going to use stuff like that, um, at least try to consider why you think a trend is happening. Like consider the causation. Cause you know, obviously there's always going to be a pattern to how things happen. It's why they throw up like the, the boards at the casino with the roulette wheel and the baccarat table. Right. Cause it's like, I think yep. they like that it instills confidence in people to uh, bet on some of these things.
1: 10 reds in a row. God, you feel so smart when the first time you think about that theory in the roulette, it's just the best feeling in the world. When you're like, I just figured it out. I figured out how we could get rich. Um, I promise I am going to talk about the Islanders, but Nick, if you can do some digging into why the Islanders are three, five and five this season on when they're playing they're a bad. team on the second night of the back to back. They're, they're just not, That's they have bad day. players. They have bad players. Uh, Panthers sabers the cats minus 148 sabers plus 124 total here six and a half Florida will be traveling on a back-to-back they're playing in Pittsburgh on uh Wednesday night they just had a a back-to-back where they were in Pittsburgh they actually played the Islanders and beat them in overtime the second night so it's it's funny that this is now the, the uh the second time in in less than like two weeks that this has happened um I've got nothing to worry about with Florida. I think that Buffalo has been better. I think part of that reason is because Uka Pekalukanen is providing some uh, solid goaltending. But when you look at, like, once again, the the kind of pattern with this team all season has r- largely remained the same. Uh, they just basically post up like a five and five every time you look at their last ten on the mm-hmm. NHL.com standings are like four, five, and one or five, four and one. And it's just they never seem to string it together. Perhaps they start doing it here, but this is a, a tough spot. I even with uh or should be a tough opponent even in a in a tricky spot for Florida. I would almost want to bet Buffalo in here. Um, but it looks like a pass for me here, Tim.
2: Yeah, I wrote in our notes um I would want to bet florida because of the short price and kind of be like hey, too much back-to-back is baked in here too much um buffalo seven nothing win over la is baked in here um but i'm just uh you know i'm a little concerned it just kind of smells a little bit if uh so i wrote in a rundown essentially if they get, if the cats get blown out by like pittsburgh you know, then then I'll want to bet. I'm like on a, on a rebound. Not that we just talked about roulette and that's not a reason to do anything, but um, you know, maybe a strong performance after something like that happens. But I will say kind of looking at the over possibly six and a half. I mean um, you know, two opportunistic teams, Buffalo team that, you know, I don't, I'm not too scared of their defense. So I think that's kind of where I would possibly lean here.
0: Yeah. I agree on the over. And I think like, just to kind of elaborate on my point too, I wouldn't compare this to the roulette thing if you're saying like your uh, argument is you believe the Panthers are just going to show better if they get smoked, right? Like they're going to... Yeah. I think that's... My point isn't to completely take out like human elements and and narratives like that. It's more just saying like, consider why you think something's happening. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I don't mind the over by the time it's Dolars in there and a Buffalo team that I think is running good in terms of like not giving up a few more goals. So... I don't mind that, but I was pretty much on uh, the pass side of this game.
1: Oilers and Blues. This one in St. Louis, Edmonton minus one eighty five. St. Louis plus one fifty four. Total of six and a half. Uh we just talked about at the top of the show uh, during the Leafs and Flyers segment about how the the Blues at, at the moment. I don't. I don't think it's fair to call them like the most overrated team in the league. uh, just generally like. In the whole over the course of the whole season because that's probably the islanders because they're terrible but mm-hmm. um the blues at i think at the given moment like with the way that they were they had won seven of eight going into that leafs game i think that's the point nick you were trying to make like they they just didn't play like a team that should have won seven and one uh over uh an eight game sample and this oilers team is built to just find them out i think like because you're talking about an Oilers, a Blues team, excuse me, that's biggest strength is how good it is at uh, creating good opportunities and finishing them off, and an Oilers team that can do that better than them. So, um, don't like the matchup for St. Louis, not really tempted by the number here, Uh, so I'll I'll pass. Um, I don't actually hate looking at an Oilers, like, building something fun with the Oilers. What do you think, Nick?
0: Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't hate just going back to the uh, the Oilers to score over three and a half or if you wanted to play just over four and, and push on four, I wouldn't mind that. I, d- I didn't think the Blues were too bad versus the Leafs, but you also look at who was in that lineup and the Leafs still got to four with the empty netter and generated a decent amount of chances. Like, I don't think you'd be saying that was uh Pennington's fault at all. And that's kind of the thing for me is like they're, they're giving up so many chances. Even if they get decent goaltending, I think they're just going to keep allowing a lot we talked about how they are without some bodies on the back end i think it is one of the worst blue lines of any team in the playoff races and yeah you i I like that point you put out there for me about just saying like relative to being winning seven of eight i'm not trying to completely roast the blues here it's just you see that happen and then that's when a lot of the people kind of forget um about the way the games are played and just say like hey they won seven and eight seven and eight there.
1: I've been working on this theory for a while and I bring it up a lot and and I've kind of honed in on it a better way to explain it, which is like when the national media start talking about a team, it's because there's 32 teams in the league. So if a national writer or national podcaster is paying attention to a team like the Blues, it's because they're either red hot or shit's going completely wrong. And that's those are your market signals, right? Like, because for us, like we have to be in the weeds with everybody and uh, they don't. So. Uh, they have to be in the weeds with one team, and they are in uh, southern Ontario. Tim, <laughs> what do you have?
2: Yeah, us. You know, no, nothing's like us. Nothing's harder than what we do. Yeah, we, we're you know, we're the hardest the,
1: working people in in the biz, trenches. Come on, yeah, like
2: it's like the coal mine here. My my in
1: my, my wife's an emergency room nurse. She's she doesn't know how lucky she is. <laughs> Imagine she had like. Come on, you think it's hard what you're doing? Do you they, try trying to convince people to bet on the sharks <laughs> <laughs> try, try to
2: resuscitate the LA kings yeah,
1: yeah exactly <laughs> but, uh, uh.
2: but fair to say um if you're betting against the oilers at this point you're just like trying to predict if they're going to have an off night right like it's it seems like that's not a good way to go about things like um i think tonight they have a night off so that's something I don't want to dip my toe into at all. It's it's too scary of a thing to do. I don't care what team is on the other side.
1: All right, uh, stars and preds next in Nashville. Uh, preds are plus one ten at home. Stars minus one thirty. Total here six and a half. I actually think Dallas is is okay to bet here uh, as a short road favorite. They are, um, I think they're going well, and I know the Predators. Have generally been better than expected but we're now getting to the point of the season where uh i think things start to taper off they're starting to to show signs of that and they're not getting the saves like Yusaros has been good at times and he's but generally the season's been kind of underwhelming for him and i wonder if uh part of it is because his name has been out there a little bit in trade rumors maybe who knows with a gold goaltender it's such a solitary position i think that there is some of that 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 can affect your play when you are alone, uh, basically Um, they're also playing a little bit more of like a back and forth style. They just got shelled by the devils. Um, I think the stars are okay here, Tim.
2: Yeah, I, I was, I looked at this line and was waiting to be convinced of why I'd be wrong about Dallas. I think all the things you just said, this is, um, and I apologize, I keep using it, but I love that you said it. The, you know, excuse to bet a good team. I just think that's so so perfect. Like to be able to, we don't just, we don't get to bet Dallas a lot, right? It's so, to a situation like this, I'm just, I guess I'll defer to Nick on if the, if the, if it, you know, it takes two to tango, is the, are the Predators that team that make it a good fit to, to play on Dallas here?
0: No, I think that it's the stars are passed for me. I didn't quite... The conviction to like want to bet it on a good sleep, but I, I think that the stars could be closer to minus 140. I think it'll probably move that way in time. Um, you guys know I want the stars to win this game and for our futures <laughs> and so on. So for me, that was enough, but I could definitely hear out the cases of the stars, yeah. And you got to give Saros his roses for that game the other night, Mike, because yeah, he, not great as he's been good, but yeah, holy, I was
1: yep. ready and to have won a that one that on And then the, the goal he gave up on Meyer to lose it was like. a strange like people were kind of roasting him a bit and i was like "How is? what is he supposed to do better in that situation there's like eight limbs in front of him and the puck is on the uh, it's that's uh anyways uh and it's hard uh, when
0: you're on shot 46.
1: yeah yeah no i got i know a guy who i know a guy who lives about 20 20 minutes north of me on long island who can tell you all about that uh penguins and and hawks uh pittsburgh on the second end of a back-to-back they'll be traveling from pittsburgh to chicago they'll be traveling Uh, as a heavy favorite as you'd expect they are minus 230 the chicago blackhawks plus 190 man it was weird we were all pretty into the shark uh the the shark the sharks you might as well be the sharks the chicago blackhawks on tuesday night and they lost which they never do um they lost to the uh vancouver canucks it wasn't all that pretty they're plus 190 here uh the penguins just don't do enough for me to make me want to bet them at this kind of number and are we still encouraged by Chicago enough to 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 back them here, Nick? I'm
0: not entirely thrown off. I thought that the Canucks showed up and took care of business, you know. And horrible take. It was one of the ones that made me feel like that night was worse than it was because the three losses were just a joke. None of them were at all respectable bets. But I still think this is the kind of spot like that they can make it competitive. You rule out that Canucks one. I still I lean with with uh, the Hawks here. And the other one that I think is going to be a good play is um, I like Mrazek to go over 29 and a half saves. I think, assuming it's Mrazek, I would specifically want him because of the fact that he's competent. So <laughs> I like that. And I think if you wanted to maybe play it on kind of a uh, like a game script parlay, you could go with the over and the Hawks to win the game with the idea being that uh, the Pens will be able to really generate their chances if the run of play goes that way. And I think if you want to take a step further for the sites that allow... Like milestones and longer uh, save props, I think that would be a good way to look at it too. Because you're gonna, I think it really works well in tandem for like if they happen to come out and get a lead on the Pens and the Pens have to push for one. I feel like we've seen that happen a lot with Pittsburgh too in the
1: last. Uh, I mean, we saw it. Few years, I the Blackhawks the last April.
0: Yes, it just feels like one for
1: whatever reason.
0: They're like a Toronto where somehow they just always seem to get in games with this team's just sitting back and like not making the big mistake and the, they just can't capitalize. So. I think that'd be a fun look uh, on this one.
2: Yeah. You know, Nick, in defense to the Blackhawks and the Canucks the other night, listen, we're idiots, but we're not reckless idiots. Okay. Like we know the Blackhawks suck. We, you, we, you got to have it chalked up as a loss before the puck even drops. Right. That is when you're betting a dog like that. And anyone here was like, oh, we love the Blackhawks. We love the Sharks. Like it is a, we understand it's a losing bet most of the time, right? That's why it's the price it is. It's one of those things where you'll be lucky to hit it. So a lot has to go right. And that's yeah. and you're gonna bet the Blackhawks here. We we understand. A lot has to go right. All right. It's fine to, it's fun to put, you know, quarter unit, half unit at the end of the night and say, Can we can we keep riding this train at, at eight thirty when this thing drops? Right. That that's the point.
0: Yeah, I mean you're not. I think if you're not going to sometimes have these underdogs where you just look like a complete idiot, then you're probably not doing very good. Like the whole point is just to try to, to come up with spots where you think a team has a, a slightly better percentage chance than whatever their long price is. So we mm-hmm. thought the Hawks were a little better than like 30% or whatever. And that doesn't excuse it because I think it was just so clearly wrong that I'm not going to like defend that one because the Canucks just slapped the hell out of them. But very it, wrong. Yes, but you're going to have those sometimes, I think, if you're, you are willing to play these dogs, which I, I think you should be willing to.
1: Okay, best bets. Now, uh, Tim, we already uh, talked about the game you're looking at, so just you want to bring up your favorite bet for uh, Thursday night?
2: Yeah, it's that Flyers-Leafs under six and a half. Uh, I hope you can still get six and a half uh, by the time this drops. The um, All the reasons I said in the beginning, and if... If the price goes down to six or it's um, you know, one of those like you know, it's too juicy for you or whatever, um, I endorse all of your best bets as well. So uh, I'm on the same page with what you guys go with here.
1: Cool. Uh I like the Avalanche. Uh they're minus one hundred five, taking on Tampa Bay, lightning slight home favorite here. I think that's wrong. Uh total is six and a half. Full credit to Tampa Bay. I think you know, what's what's frustrated me so much with the Islanders is like there's been no response to like a lot of times we talk about teams in, in these spots where they should respond. And the I like I just watched the Islanders not do it in one after laying, laying an egg against Calgary. thought the effort would be better against um, Seattle on Tuesday night. It just was a, another flatline kind of performance. Tampa Bay deserves full credit um, because I think a lot of people, after, you know, they went on a, a little streak. Everyone was like, look, don't bet against the Lightning, all that stuff. Um, then they lose two in a row on a back-to-back against the Rangers and Islanders right out of the break. Sergachev goes down in a, in a gruesome way. Um, but then they get a get right spot against the Blue Jackets. They take care of business. Then they play uh, just a thorough kind of professional game against the Bruins They get the shootout win. And now I think everybody's like, look, don't bet against the Lightning. We're back on them. The, the Avalanche are clearly the better side here, clearly the better team. We know that they're flawed and their depth is an issue, but I don't think that is an issue against... Uh, as big an issue against a team like Tampa Bay, who has the same problem, right? Like the bottom of the roster is just the the um, the Spider-Man meme, uh, as you kids would say. It's just two teams that don't really have a great bottom six and the the bottom end of their their blue line too. So uh, I'll take uh, I'll take Colorado's kind of big dogs here, and uh, what will be re- marketed as a matchup between the two Hart Trophy kind of favorites uh, kucherov and mckinnon and i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are are betting into that narrative on uh thursday night nick
0: yeah i'm right with you for i think a lot of the same reasons on liking the abs i would play them to minus 115 in this game i viewing it just like you i think the abs bad games recently have been teams that can roll you with all four lines i don't think tampa's that i think tampa's getting a lot of credit here for their win in boston which was a great win and vasilevsky's been due to win them a game like that but I still don't think it was overly impressive. I look at the, the composition of these two teams. As as low as we've been on the ABS, I still think they deserve to be power-rated uh, pretty far above the Lightning. So for me, I, I think you definitely have to make the ABS a favorite here. I was a little surprised with this one, and I think it's a good time to uh, sell on the Lightning.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm i on the Avs as well. I think you guys said it perfectly. The Avs are definitely a better team. And, Lebov, you said it's a handicap on the big dogs because they're both pretty thin. Well, the Avalanche have more big dogs that play defense. So that's uh, important to me. Um, you know, Makar, uh, obviously the most notable. But um, that also bodes well, right, Nick, to the – to the I think we're looking at the over here as well. can pretty much be a wide-open game. Colorado plays a – just – so much variance to their game. They they allow chances, they generate chances. And then also, too, if Tampa Bay gets a couple power plays, they can kill you there as well. There's a lot of avenues for this thing to go over. And I also um endorse Colorado because it, it, they're rested, right? You know, you said that what, what's hard for them is a team that can play four lines. Well, I just look back and just eyeballing the schedule here i feel like i really found something with colorado and that when it's back-to-back or three and four that's when they've lost their games and gone on skids and that kind of plays into the fact that their stars just play a little too often so again that's why you wouldn't play them in a three out of four situation but if they're rested yeah it's a good thing play the stars i want those guys out on the ice
0: yeah i agree and i i'm right with you on the over i know some people probably saw me log that the one reason that i just didn't dwell on that as much is it looks like more of the numbers have moved off that where, uh, like the money line, there's still bet three, six, five as the abs plus 100 right now. So hopefully that holds. Cause I definitely don't agree with that. Or yeah, definitely don't agree with that and think that's more likely to stay in kind of a preferred target range and, and be the preferred play here. But I like both with my thoughts being enlarged that the abs are going to get theirs offensively. And then I'll just jump right into my best bet. Right. I think that's the last thing we got is, uh, I'm going to stick with what's been working for us and hopefully some of these six and a halves hold up on the Ducks-Sens game. There's minus 130 right now. I would play it to minus 140. I'm just looking at the way the Senators need to win games right now, and I don't think there should be six and a halves versus almost anybody. And I know the Ducks are a bit of a low-event team. They didn't get anything offensively versus the Habs, but I still think they have the horses to show better. I don't know... What went on with that game? Like, that was kind of bizarre. I feel like all the Ducks that I had faith were going to help us win that bet were just downright horrible. Carlson, Terry, uh, Vitrano, Henrique, everyone was just a complete no-show, and credit to the Habs for that. But I still think the Ducks have the offensive upside to get theirs versus the Sens. And maybe if they bounce back and play better here, that's kind of where I feel like it'll show out a little more is on the offensive side of things. And you know, Ottawa's goaltending can fall apart at any moment. It wasn't even really particularly strong versus the blue jackets. And then the sens they're generating as many chances as anyone in the league right now. I think they actually have some of the most offensive talent in the league. That was why we liked them, um, entering the year. So yeah, for me, six and a half is just too low. I think these should all be set at seven with, uh, relatively even prices.
1: Here come the senators, baby. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really have much on on this game uh, from a betting standpoint. I just want to point out that if uh, if Ottawa beats takes care of the Ducks and the Red Wings lose, they're only twelve points back. So they just need the season to be extended to one hundred and six games, and I think that they'll they'll find their way in. Um, Tim, anything on of Ducks?
2: I took that over on open as well. Hopefully, it's still there. That's um this is how the Ottawa Senators like to play hockey. They they can very you talk about avenues leave off very easily could be seven-nothing ducks the way their goaltending goes. Um well
1: I just want to point out one quick thing about the Senators uh before we uh move on. In their last five games, uh, they've scored two, three, four, five, and six goals. Uh so that's fun. Um not in order though i wish it was in order but uh you can
0: point out that they're 2-0 in feb 2 which yeah, also Yeah, the 2-0 in feb and, and they and their next aspect. two games
1: are the Ducks and Blackhawks and then a sort of winnable game against the Lightning. Um so yeah that, that was live look out we just need them to squeeze maybe maybe they can push that Coyotes game uh to February 29th or something instead of March 1st. All right uh that'll do it uh for us uh at the top our favorite underdogs were the Detroit Red Wings in Vancouver, the San Jose Sharks in Calgary, the Philadelphia Flyers in Toronto. Tim's best bet was the under in that Flyers-Leafs game. My best bet was the Avalanche um, up to uh, minus 120 in Tampa. And Nick liked the over six and a half in Ducks and Sens. For Tim and Nick, I'm Mike. Thank you to Noah, our producer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.